Hello everyone, my name is Shez Jones and I am the host of Bible Hacks podcast and I have a guest with me today which I'm excited about. So Elise Smith is a Christian business strategist and speaker, empowers women entrepreneurs to reach their sales goals by partnering with God and empowering their mindset and teaching them to implement biblical business strategy, including organic lead generation. As a certified coach uh, with the International Coaching Federation, Elise is passionate about filling in the holes that her clients are experiencing in their business to increase sales and their divine guidance to help them build their business in the Lord's way. So welcome, Elise. I'm very excited for our conversation. Thanks so much, Yes, I'm excited to be here. Oh, great. And you're from Utah, I believe. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. In the United States. Yep. What's great about Utah? Why do people travel around the world to come to Utah? <laughs> we have the greatest snow on earth. <laughs> That's oh, really? What we claim. That's what we claim anyway. But we have beautiful mountains and I, I love the mountains here. It's gorgeous. Oh, I, oh, okay. So, oh, that's brilliant to be known for your mountaintops. Exactly. <laughs> the people come from all over the world to Utah to have a mountaintop experience. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Because ah. in, in the Bible, as you would know, the mountaintop experiences are always the best ones. They're always supernatural, exactly. very prophetic. What do you love about mountains? Oh, it's just so peaceful and serene. I um, I had a friend come from Texas who they don't really have mountains out there. Um, and I got to see Utah from a different perspective. I've grown up here. I've lived here almost my whole life. And she was just amazed at how like 30 minutes away, we could go up the canyon and, you know, go on a picnic right there in the mountains. And it made me really appreciate them even more. And especially when, when fall comes and all the beautiful colors happen. And uh, it's just, I think that God is really, he cares about us being happy and joyful in every situation. And, Mm. and he gives us beautiful things to be able to do that. And every time I look at the mountains, that's what, what it reminds me of. That's nice. Yeah, so it brings joy. Do you think being in Utah um, makes you express your business any differently from anywhere else? Interesting. Um, I mean, there's a lot of religious uh, happenings in Utah, particularly one one particular religion is very strong here. uh, And that's the one that I belong to, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, And and I think with that community and with um, that culture, we're really more willing to talk about our spiritual side and our religion than some of the other churches. Uh, Not to say that other churches don't, but I think just growing up here in Utah, I was almost a natural born speaker just because of the fact that I gave talks when I was a little kid and, you know, I preached to the whole congregation um, and got those opportunities to share my testimony. And so I think that there is maybe not so much the Utah side of things, but the the religious culture that's here. Yeah, I would say that that made a huge difference. So are you saying that 
business people in Utah would be more likely to talk about the spiritual side of things than, say, a business person in California or New York? I think it's more um, accepted here. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, when you get into the Bible belt of like the South in the United States, I bet that that's probably the same thing there as well, because um, they're very religious there too. Um, right. But compared to, you know, California and New York, um, I do find that they're not quite as... Um, Sometimes they have a little bit more of a guard up of bringing spirituality into business. Um, So, and it's cool because we get to teach them how to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, so I would love for you to teach our audience today. Uh, I'd like to start with the name of your business. So the name of your business is? Divinely Driven Results. Great. I love those three words, divinely driven results. So what does divinely mean to you? Yeah, it's it's truly partnering with God, right? Is that we we don't have to build our businesses alone. We get to have the best CEO ever partnered with us, right? Because God knows who we are called to serve. He's the one who gave us that calling in this business. And he knows exactly what to say and how to say it to those people to be able to bring them to the transformation that we are providing for people. Um, and so divinely just means that we, we don't do things in the world way. Maybe the the world's way might be focused on, um, you know, guilting people into sales or something like that, right? Uh, But in the Lord's way, where we use biblical business strategy to be able to help guide our our Christian women entrepreneurs into the business that God has called them and having that growth that he's calling them to do so as well. Okay, so it's about partnering with God. And I think that is a an issue that sometimes Christian business people can struggle with because it's like, is he doing everything and I'm doing nothing or am I doing everything and he's doing nothing? Where's the partnership? Where's about what's my side of the partnership? And you just mentioned then that God is your CEO. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that, like giving him a role, does that kind of help? you balance that issue? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like God and I get to work together in this business. And in fact, one of the the tools that I give our clients uh, when they're struggling with that concept is to think about if you, if you and I, Shaz, were to go into business together, we would have a contract. As much as I trust you, as much as, you know, I think you're awesome. It's just the way that we do business, right? Is that we'd have a contract and that contract would lay out your responsibilities and my responsibilities so that we would have that open communication and have a good vision to lead that together. And it's the same thing with God. You can absolutely have a business contract with God and you can say, okay, here are all of the things that I feel responsible for in the business. And that's the work side of faith and works when we combine those things together, right? And then the responsibilities that God has, that's the faith side of things. And you can go through all sorts of places in the Bible where where he tells you, I will not leave you 
you comfortless and I will be your wings and all of these places where he's promised us what his part of the, the contract would be. And so it's really a neat exercise when you kind of dig into it is that you we don't make him our CEO of, you know, our chief everything officer. We partner with God because we're doing our part and he's doing his part. I like the distinction. I don't think I've heard anyone say that before or say it that way, um, where God is bringing that that faith sort of side of things and we're doing the works side of things. So is there a particular scripture? I know you mentioned like I will not leave you comfortless and that. Is there a particular scripture where you can see both of those things working together in someone's life? Yeah, you know, I think about just Matthew 7, 7 of asking ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, um, and knock and it shall be opened unto you. Like that's the perfect example of works and faith and works and faith, you know, all three times is that we need to do our part, right? We need to do the knocking and then we'll be able to have it opened unto us. And so those two things combined, I think is a, a really powerful way to look at business is that, yes, there are some things we can't control in business. Uh, in fact, we were just teaching this at our, our workshop here recently about how you want to set a target instead of a goal. You know, we're, we're getting ready to move into or have just moved into 2023. And, you know, instead of setting a goal that oftentimes we can't control, such as a revenue goal or how many sales we make, we want to set a target because that's where the faith comes in. We say, I want to make $100,000 a year, God. And then we have the faith that God is going to provide the steps that we need to take and the goals that we set that's the works part those are the things we can control what can we control to be able to get us there and so i think the partnership concept and and we teach you know spiritual producing activities how can you stay close to the lord every single day so that you can receive those steps to know how to achieve the goal and have that faith strengthened the whole time amazing amazing way to build a business as a christian Excellent. Wow. So divinely driven, what does driven mean to you? Is that getting into those kind of goals and targets area or is it something different? Yeah, that, uh, I mean, I, the people that we attract are the ones who they have that vision, they have that purpose, they know that their business is a calling from God, and they are driven to make that happen, not just for the money, which of course is going to come because we're in business, right? But the impact that they can make, they're driven for more, and they're driven to make that impact the way that God has called them to do that only they can do. There's a scripture that talks about how we were for or ordained to walk in the works of Christ. And that's our business. Those are our divine clients that we're meant to serve. So driven is all about taking action that the Lord is giving them and, you know, being open to pursuing that dream that God has placed on their heart. Wow. So divinely driven results. <laughs> Let's talk about results. I think a lot of business people you know, that's maybe the first place they go rather than the divinely and the driven. Like yeah. when they even first meet you, they're like, what results can you give me? What results <laughs> can you help me with? So what does results mean to you? Yeah, and especially because we're a Christian company, there's so many um 
places you can get inspiration and motivation, but we focus on biblical business strategy that is going to get you results because you're still in business and God wants you to build your business because it's going to help you to make that bigger impact. And so results, that's like what everybody wants, right? In business. But the way that we're able to receive those is through divine action that we take to be able to get those results. So I don't want it to be just motivation and inspiration and feel good fluff for lack of a better word. I want it to be real actionable steps that you can take strategies that are from the Bible so that you can get the results that God truly does want you to have. Okay. So let's do that. Let's have, (laughs) what is a biblical business strategy that can get me a result? You can Mm -hmm. pick the area, (laughs) but what is just one biblical business strategy that will lead to a result? Mm-hmm. So um, in Matthew, there's the story of the um, the virgins, right? We've got like 10 virgins and there's five of them that uh, had kept oil in their lamps for the bridegroom um, for, you know, which is a picture, of course, of Jesus Christ to come in the middle of the night and they didn't know when, right? And then you have the other five virgins who uh, let their, their lamps go dim, like they didn't have any oil in it. And it's interesting, every time I read this story, I was like, well, why? can't the five virgins that have the oil give to some of the five virgins that don't have the oil? Like, they share. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, and the, and what how it ties back into business here, is that um, this is what we call spiritual producing activities, uh, which I kind of talked about just a second ago, is that you can't, um, you can lean on other people's testimonies or visions for your business for only so long. Um, Every single day that we gain, we spend time with God, we gain a closer relationship with him to be able to help us to drive our business the way that he would have us drive it. And so the, the five virgins could not have given their oil to the other women because they needed to have that for themselves. And so we teach spiritual producing activities and income producing activities in our business because we want you to stay close to the Lord every single day, stay close to that true vine. And every single day that you have an interaction with God, whether it's in prayer or meditation or, you know, scripture study, you have a drop of oil that's added to your lamp. And that is only going to be able to get brighter and brighter and help you make that bigger impact. And then on the flip side, we have our income producing activities, which we know are the things that are going to help us to grow our business. So if we want to, you know, I'm bringing in kind of another biblical principle here is the law of the harvest is that if you want to um, reap results, then you need to sow those things that really make the difference. And income producing activities are activities that you can control, such as starting new conversations on social media, going to networking events, things like that, that will directly impact a sale or a sales call. There's 14 million things we could do every single day in business. And it seems like our to-do <laughs> list- that all? It seems like longer. more than that sometimes. <laughs> I know, exactly. But the things that we really need to focus on and put first- is God and our connection with other people. And that's what spiritual producing and income producing activities are all about. And that's based off of the story of the 10 virgins and also um, the, the law of the harvest. Okay. 
Harvest is like one of those words that just really brings me alive. I could go off on lots of tangents on that, but I'm not <laughs> going to because I want to speak to you about time management. <laughs> yeah. So I know that that's one of the things that you empower women with. So what's one tip you can give um, the entrepreneurs who are listening about time management? Yes, it's always going to go back to what are God's priorities for you today, right? Like, wouldn't that be so cool if you had a checklist from God as opposed to our own crazy chaotic checklist that never goes away? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times we we frustrate our results with our own time management because we feel like we can take on way more than we can. And especially because a lot of times tasks take way longer than what we expect them to. <laughs> and so we, if we make up our own to-do list for the day, there's like 10, 15 items on that. And in our, our process called daily daddy daughter time, we teach our clients how to um, take that 10 to 15 and dwindle it down to three. You get three priorities from God that day to work on. And what's amazing about it is that as you ask God what those three priorities are, he reveals those to you. It may not be like right in that second, but you'll kind of start as you look through your task list and you'll say, God really wants me to focus on people, not systems today you know, and then you'll say, okay, then I need to check in with my clients or I desire to, um, you know, reach out to some of the prospects that I've been working on. And it starts to become more clear as you ask God for his priorities. So instead of the 10 to 15 that we expect from ourselves, ask God for three. And then if you get done with those three by noon, ask him for three more. And maybe he'll say, you deserve a break. <laughs> Take the day <laughs> off. <laughs> and I had a, a personal experience with this where um, I I am a self-proclaimed workaholic. I'll just own it. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> and uh, earlier in the year, I worked myself so hard that I couldn't use my arm for three days um, just because I was constantly typing and, you know, working on different things. And I sat down with my daily daddy daughter time with my heavenly father, and I asked him, what are my three priorities for the day? And my mind went completely blank. And the only priority that came up is you need a day of rest. And I did not like that answer because I'm, I love working. <laughs> but if I hadn't have asked him that, then I wouldn't have gotten that priority. And it made a huge difference. I needed that day of rest. Right. Okay. So it sounds to me from that, and tell me where I'm wrong, it, it sounds like you uh, have that time first thing in the morning. Would that be right? Yep, absolutely. And then did you have a schedule of things before that or do you only schedule things after you've had that time? Yeah, daily daddy. I mean, of course, like I'll get dressed and, you know, ready for the day. But my very first thing that I do is daily daddy daughter time, because I want that to set up the rest of my day. He gives me those three priorities and he helps me to see maybe what I need to teach on social media that day. Um, and it just gives me that peace. Uh, I always know, and my husband knows when I've missed my daily daddy daughter time, because especially, you know, as women, and I'm sure men feel this too, but some 
some days you're just like in a bad mood. Like you just feel ticked off at the world or you cry a lot. And I believe that just as our body needs nourishment, our spirit needs nourishment as well. And so if I miss my daily daddy daughter time, I'm a little bit more emotional than I'd like to be. Um, And it just helps me to stay connected to him and have that guidance so that I can help my clients better and and serve my audience um, through his spirit. And so first thing in the morning, absolutely daily daddy daughter time. Right. And then, so, but the rest of the day, you would have things that are planned and appointment sort of times Mm -hmm. already in there. So you don't necessarily move them, but Mm -hmm. you're looking at the, the priorities that God has given you within those appointments that you've got. Have I got that right? Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of becomes a layer. So you've got your, um, your income producing activities are first, in my opinion, after daily daddy daughter time, you want to get those done. If you're going to sew something, you want to sew the best first, right? And so do your IPAs, um, which might be contact 10 people every day. Once you get that out of the way, that's a a non-negotiable, in my opinion, if you're going to build a business then we need to be contacting and building relationships with people every day, we're all in the people business. I don't care if you sell dog biscuits, you're in the people business. (laughs) And so uh, we want to make those non-negotiable before your head hits the pillow that night. Those are the 10, you know, 10 people you're going to be contacting every day. Um, And then from there, then you layer on the meetings and the appointments and things like that, that you have and build in your three priorities throughout the day. So that's why it's not that surprising if you only get three of them done, because you do have other things you know, you have laundry and you have other things in your life going on um, and you'll want to put your income producing activities in there too. And so, and, you know, you might have some project tasks or some things that need to be done right now and that's okay. And that's why it's so nice to be able to have our errand from the Lord, but those IPAs and those SPAs will help make such a huge difference in your business. Okay. So what are some of your best tips for income producing activities and getting that harvesting for our business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I love social media. I mean, social media is like the number one way to contact people limitless, right? Like, I mean, there's so many people on social media. And in fact, someone once told me that there are more of your divine client, in my words, that's what we call our ideal customer, right? Our divine client, than we can possibly serve. And so we don't have to feel any kind of scarcity when we move into social media. And and what we do is we contact people in in a group that we feel like our divine client is at, and we build real relationships. And we don't have time to get into like the specifics of how we do that, but we call it heart-centered prospecting because it's based off of the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, which by the way, is the greatest prospecting conversation. You can learn so much about how to prospect and how to network and connect with people through that one story. So I'd highly encourage you. Can you give us one thing that we can learn about prospecting from that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jesus led the conversation, right? We we know the the situation is that Jesus, um, he sent his disciples away and he stayed at Jacob's well, specifically to meet the Samaritan woman who was going in the middle of the day to get water, which is not normal because <laughs> it was super hot in the desert back then, right? Um, and uh, he went there specifically for her. So one, he knew where his divine client was 
would be at, and he met her there. And then two is that he stayed focused on what she needed to hear and what she was looking for during the conversation. And he led her into what he, you know, I mean, obviously it was salvation, right? But it was living water. And it's just incredible. That's just like three tiny little things that you can kind of pick up from that story. I like that idea of leading the conversation, uh, but doing it in a way that is focused on what they're interested in. Because I think some people would think, if I'm going to lead the conversation, it's all going to be about my agenda, Uh and we're going to talk about this, and only sales, because that's what I want out of it. But you're still leading, and you're leading them to, you know, a spiritual outcome like living water as well as the natural things that they're interested in so I do like that insight that was thank you for that yeah yeah we call it WIFT like everybody's tuned in to WIIFM radio which is what's in it for me Uh right as you're listening to this I'm sure you're thinking that because we always do but when we can turn it around and say what's in it for the other person what's in it for them that's when we really make those connections and so if we focus on them the entire time as opposed to ourselves which you'll see in that conversation in John 4 with um, Jesus and the Samaritan woman you'll be amazed at the the results you can get people take down their guard when you ask them about themselves and you focus on what's important to them that is good yes and I think we all need reminders of that you know all the time because it can be um easy to fall into the what's in it for me kind Mm -hmm. of area so let's talk about mindset I know that you are interested in empowering women and I would like to talk about mindset of entrepreneurs I think it's important for all of our entrepreneurs listening to really prioritize mindset and be aware Mm -hmm. of both the limitations of a bad mindset and also the opportunities that a good mindset can bring with it. So what's your best tip for mindset? Yeah, we so we call this our inner dream stealer, which from a biblical standpoint, like that's Satan who's coming to steal and destroy um, our goals and our dreams, right? Because he knows, you know, there's there's this phrase of thieves don't break into empty houses. And so when you are feeling the adversarial kind of situations where, you know, there's a lot of resistance in your business, that's a good thing because Satan is working hard on you because he knows that you are on the cusp of greatness of building up the kingdom of God through your business. And so understanding that that inner dream stealer voice of I'm not good enough, or, you know, who am I to do this? Or, you know, no one wants to hear from me, or they're going to think I'm spammy or sleazy or salesy, all those different types of things. That's a good thing to know that one, it's not true at all. It's a lie of the adversary who's trying to stop you. And two, he's trying to stop you for a reason. And so really just being aware. Um, We have the four C's to overcoming your inner dream stealer, which we can talk about maybe another time. But the first step is awareness, being aware of the thoughts that are in your head in in your mind. um, That really makes a huge difference because Sometimes we let that inner dream stealer run around like a three-year-old in a candy store. 
right? And we don't even realize it. Um, I'll, I'll never forget when I when I kind of came close face to face with my inner dream stealer. I was in a network marketing company several, several years ago, and we were at an event. And um, the guy who was presenting, he we call it edutainment, he would do these little skits to be able to show business principles. And this skit was every single time that he looked at his reflection in a mirror or a cell phone or a TV or whatever it was, he'd be yelling at himself all these terrible things. You're a loser. You're not going to ever make it. And no one wants to hear from you. And, and it was really sad. And, you know, it was a funny skit. My husband would look around and like everybody was laughing and he looked over at me and I'm ugly crying. Like I'm totally losing it because for the first time I heard what I say to myself in my head out loud. And it was so painful. I mean, I'm supposed to be my own best friend and my own ally. And I was tearing myself down all the time. And of course, I wasn't getting any results the way way that I wanted to, because that garbage was in my head. Right. And uh, there's a scripture in Romans where it talks about how, and if a house be divided, it cannot stand. And that's not just with people in general, that's in our own mind. If one moment we're super confident about ourselves and we're like, yeah, I got this, this business thing is going to you know, go great. And I've got these goals and dreams and God's on my side. And the next minute we're like, man, I'm a loser and I don't know what I'm doing. And why would anyone buy from me? That's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Fighting yeah. that battle is exhausting. And so yeah. we cannot stand when we have that. So being aware of our inner dream stealer voice is the first thing that we need to do because then we can start taking back that power from the adversary and walk in the light that God would have us walk in. That's good. I I like that scripture applied in that way too because I it says that the thief comes. Mm -hmm. to steal to kill and destroy so this they are trying to steal but they're doing it in a way it's not like an armed burglar who Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have that same daylight robbery in America we certainly do here you know they can come with like a, a rifle and go into a bank and they'll have maybe a balaclava on their head but they'll they'll confront and and they're armed they've got weapons why? Because they know that they're trying to take something from you and you're going to stop them um, mm-hmm. or maybe law enforcement is going to come and try and take it back even if they did get it. So that's one kind of burglar who would steal. But a thief is usually someone who comes in the night, the mm-hmm. Bible sort of talks about, and it's often when, you know, you're not home or you're not on guard, you and sometimes they'll take things and you don't even know they're gone. Yeah, oh, good point. They can, you know, take like just one piece of jewellery or uh, one sort of valuable, you know, even a password sometimes like with cyber hacking and things, some data, and you, you're not even aware because the thief is so clever. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the thief does steal our dreams or our joy, or our peace, or our positive self-talk, and and we're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like years, and then something like a skit comes up, and we're like, 
that made me aware of what had been stolen from me. Mm. And now that I'm aware, now that I can get back that which was stolen from me and I can have life and life abundant. So mm. I love that that's what Jesus says. This is my purpose. <laughs> you know? So thank you for bringing that. I'm sure that all of our audience listening really got a lot out of today. Um, and I think they're going to want to work with you more because they know, like several times you said, we've got all these strategies, we've got another workshop, and I know that there's more that they can do to go deeper with you and get more insights in their business journey. So is there a way of contacting you? Is that best on social media or is it your website? How do we get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, social media everywhere where, you know, divinely driven results, but we do have a free Facebook group called Faithful Ladypreneurs. So we'd love to have ladies come join us um, in that uh, that group. You can get our free brainstorming with God tool, um, which is going to help you to find the solutions and the answers that you're looking for by partnering with God in any kind of challenge that you're having. So you can do that. And then I think you'll also uh, give the link there too. Um, um, but I wanted to also bring up, because um, we, as we've been having this conversation, uh, we actually just released our, our my first book, actually. It's called The Faith Strategy Business Planner. And it is all about how to apply the Bible in your business and take it to a whole new level. So this edition is all about Jesus's parables and it gives you goal setting and it gives you income and spiritual producing activities and a tracker for all of that. And then it helps you every single day in your daily daddy daughter time and your business meetings with God weekly to be able to gain that close relationship with God through the Bible. So I would love to, uh, to have you guys check that out and I'll give you the link Shaz um, for that but you can just go to the faithstrategy.com forward slash planner wow that sounds excellent that's something everyone would be interested in so I encourage everyone listening to check out that book uh, because Bible Hacks is all about applying biblical business strategies so this audience eats those things up. Thank you very much for being my guest today, Elise. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. You're absolutely amazing. Thanks.